Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with your hosts, Amy Babinchek, James Kernan, Amy Luby, and Carl Polichuk. Produced by and for the Small Biz Thoughts Technology Community. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Mark your calendars and plan to be with us May 17th and 18th as we bring you the 2023 SMB Online Conference. Check us out at smbonlineconference.com. You'll find we have more than a dozen speakers and two days filled with presentations, plus a format that really works for online conferences. Save $100 by registering today at smbonlineconference.com. Well, welcome to the SMB Community Podcast. Today, your hosts are Amy and Amy. <laughs> we're, um, and, and I'm kind of excited because we're prepping for this and I think we've got, we're having an awesome conversation and we were like, oh yeah, we should record this. So that's what's really great about getting together with smart people that you've known for a long time. So we always have our, what are you up to section you have anything exciting to tell us about what you've been up to or you're going to be up to? Uh, gosh, what's exciting? Well, my son got married a couple of weeks ago, so that was awesome. So that's a personal thing. Um, first of, of all the kids to get married and we love his new spouse. You're going to be going to a lot of weddings eventually because <laughs> I, so like, I, I know how many kids you have. <laughs> Some of my kids though are... I'm not sure all of them will. Either way, as long as they're happy, that makes me happy. NSITSP is taking up all of my time. And I know we talk about it here in the podcast a lot, but this organization is really turning into something. And I'm I'm really proud of it and what it's what it's becoming. And let me just give you a rundown of, of what's what's going on here real quick. So um Friday, so man, when this podcast airs, it will be the previous Friday, so I hope you already know about this. I've got, I'm doing an insurance webinar for them, and it's not like any insurance webinar you've already heard. I'm not going to tell you about why you need cyber insurance. This is about what MSPs need to know about cyber insurance. I've got a great, great uh, broker that I'm talking to about that. I'm also doing our first member to member um event and this is this is a guy that has had uh an issue a major issue occur with one of his clients that he's willing to share with other members and that is a hacker got in and found a way to register his device with mfa and take over the principal's account wow and he's going to talk to us about how that happened how they discovered it and all the herculean effort that it took to recover from it so it's going to be an awesome learning experience. So we're also doing uh, free coaching at the Channel Partner Conference, courtesy of Channel Wise, who organized that um, and invited us to participate. So um, there's three of us that are going to be offering free coaching to all comers. So that's, that's going to be pretty cool. Um, there's an all-member meeting coming up. There's a press relations training program coming so if you've ever had the opportunity to talk to your local newspaper, television station, whatever, right? So there's been a security breach that's in the news and those people need to 
have, you know, the local expert that, you know, they give 30 seconds on to talk to, what are you going to say? How do you say it? How do you, you know, organize your thoughts into that bite? How do you get known by those people so that they do call you when they need somebody? Because it's super awesome promotion for your business. So we've got a session coming up on that. Um, and we've had That's two free? Like, is that for all the members or is it for anybody? It's for all the members. So, nice. so yeah, we're starting to do some really cool stuff that just isn't done in other places, right? Um, <clears throat> we have, the organization has had two meetings recently with CISA, right? The Federal Agency for Cybersecurity. Um, <clears throat> and we're gonna have some announcements pretty soon about appointments to various committees on that agency that they're bringing us into. Nice. Um, they've been working on California's uh, different group of over at uh, NSITSP has been working on California's um, right to repair legislation. So there is a lot going on over there. And I really want to encourage all of our listeners to become become members. We're about professionalizing the industry and growing up, you know. And you guys, this this hasn't been around that. I mean, are you two years old yet? Not yet close. We're getting close. Yeah. And a lot of that first year was organizational, right? How to organize a, a, a society that we expect will be, you know, a large national organization at some point, right? And we're growing like crazy. We're getting between 15 and 40 new members a month. Wow. And um, it's, yeah, it's, it's really going well. There's a great need to turn this from a craft to a profession. And, you know, those of us that have been in this for a while are fed up with certain people that we have to compete with who are not, don't treat our industry with respect. We're also tired of having things done to us instead of being involved in the decision-making. And so, you know, this organization is really needed to help correct those things. Um, I have a little sad news to share. So Handy Andy Goodman died and um, he, he had a lot of ailments and was sick for ever since I've known him, but you know, eventually these things come to, come to a head. And um, Andy was such a gift to the SMB community and in the small business server days for sure. Um, he was always a, a light in the room, right? He always had a positive outlook in, about the world. So it's very sad to lose him. Yeah, he really did. Um, he, uh, well, people called him Handy Andy. Yeah. Um, he was always kind of willing to help. And I always, he, he made an impression on me early on in that regard, just, um, uh, the wisdom and the knowledge that he was willing to share um, just to help you, not to get anything in return, um, but just to be there. He's um, a great guy, really great guy. That helping without expecting anything in return is a, um, it's a thing that really, I think, kept me in the SMB community. There's so many good people in this, in this, in this community that, that do that, you know, Oh, I think it's, I think it's been built on that tenant, it, just like the NSITSP, like the, the whole idea is 
we come together and help each other be better. Um, I have found that to be the um, kind of MO of this community from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And yet I run into people that don't understand it at all. They're like, why do I need community? Why do I have to join this? Why do I have to you know, do stuff like that? And it's like, oh man, it's really hard to describe because it's very much an intangible. Mm -hmm. But um, having that connection with others that are working in your space, doing the kind of work that you're doing, it, it's been just completely invaluable for me. Yeah. Well, life is hard enough. Building a business is really, really hard and it can be really lonely. Um, and to have a community of, of folks that you can talk to who get it, they, they get it because they're in the same boat. They're, right. there's, there's nothing more valuable than that. And then the friendships that stem out of that um, have been lifelong. I mean, I've, you, you've got them, I've got them. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's been, I was uh, thinking about this this morning, like for me, it's been 28 years that I've been in IT services um, in some capacity. Um, that's, there's some incredible friendships that have been built along the way. Yeah. Hey, this is actually a great lead into the smart person that I talked to this week. Walter and I talked about giving back. He's a, he's a fractional sales guy and, um, he also has a podcast and it's his hundredth, hundredth uh, episode of his podcast, which is significant. And we talked about how there's, you know, no straight line drawn between doing a podcast where you're just giving information and meeting people and sharing things and your revenue. So why do you do that as a sales professional? Um, and so it was a, just a, a great little conversation. So I have a listen to that here. So today I'm talking to smart person, Walter Crosby. Um, he's with Helix Sales Development and um, Walter's actually one of my, one of my clients. So. For a long time. Yeah. And um, interestingly, I don't think I've ever actually met you in person. You have not. <laughs> so um, I'm drinking a, uh, a bee's knees this evening. Wow! It's one of one of my favorite one of my favorite drinks. And uh, I know I know that you're a fan of imbibing on your own podcast, so that inspired me to make sure that I had something today because because why not? Well, my cat's about... participating today too. If you hear a mew, well, that's there's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, I. I uh... Often, I will have a bourbon in my glass when I'm having a conversation with somebody on my podcast, and I normally have a cigar with me. Um, so I didn't think that was appropriate today, but I am drinking a nice, uh, refreshing iced tea. Um, not sure why it's iced tea, because it's snowing outside. You missed it by a day. It was 80 yesterday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So 
Your hundredth episode of your podcast is dropping tomorrow. You told me. Mm-hmm. That's an awesome milestone. It's huge. Why you. do you podcast? One of the things that you know, I think that we have in common is this go-giver attitude. And for anybody who hasn't read the book, I think you should go out and, and get it and read it. When I read it, I was like, it was like a affirmation for the way that I approach my career. For example, your podcast, right? There's no one-to-one revenue line for that right there is not no yeah. there's an expense line to it exactly yeah <laughs> and you're uh but you know you're giving you're you're giving that away and you're doing it because presumably because you love it and also because um it helps other people and it helps your you know your reputation as a an expert too right it yeah it's a passion i think that i enjoy having conversations with interesting people and i learn when i'm talking to to these folks and i'm we we try to couch it so that it provides some value to to the audience um but mostly it's about you know just giving this collaborative effort giving it back and hopefully somebody gets a little nugget here a little nugget there and sometimes the nuggets drop all over the place the one that's going to drop tomorrow my 100th episode will is just chock full it's one of my mentors and it's just chock full of great ideas um his not mine um so and I, i've always thought about that is the the more you deposit the more you give um the the i you that's eventually will come back to you but it's kind of what we should do as human beings is try to help people yeah it, it you your your point about you hire people not just for their knowledge but for they're able to communicate and and give somebody a good customer experience um i hadn't really i've experienced it i felt it it's one of the reasons why i i enjoy working with you guys but i hadn't really Put that thought into it. I think that's actually makes it even a, more of a valid point that it's just seamless. It just happens. So yeah. it's definitely the right. Introverts can be great salespeople. They they do have to get a little bit out of the comfort zone from time to time, but it, it has nothing to do with being the life of the party. Uh, it has nothing to do with being this this somebody that can just talk and 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 just kind of just spew out all this stuff all the time because that's not what good salespeople are they listen and they ask great questions that's what makes a salesperson great is their ability to take that empathy ability to ask questions a little bit of skepticism sometimes we got to understand why but you got to be curious and introverts have that stuff it's just being willing to to do the outreach. That's the challenge sometimes. That's one of the best salespeople I know is an introvert. He would rather sit behind his computer screen and and work on some technical issue, but he straps it in every day and goes and does the work. Um, It's just part of how he's wired. Um, Yeah. And there's nothing we can do to change it. We just have to focus on what our 
our strengths are and then you know go for it absolutely so mm-hmm. you offer sales training and fractional sales management services too right mm-hmm. yeah what i try to do is help help a business owner who's grown their business to this point where they've got three or four salespeople, maybe seven or eight, and they're just tired of managing the team. And they they kind of want to get out and be able to focus on these other parts of the business so they can grow. So we're able to help them do all of the things to help them understand what they're doing well right now, what they could improve upon, what talent they have, what talent they might need to add and then manage that for them and then get it to a point where it's working, it's repeatable, and then we go find somebody to do the management for them and then we can sail off into the sunset as they go. Um, It's really, that's the niche for me is that those folks that want to take it to the next level um, but just don't enjoy managing because I can say this, I'm a salesperson, we're a handful. <laughs> well, you know, most of us don't know how. And um, I mean, to be honest, there's two people I've, two types of people I've never hired for my business. One is a salesperson and the other is a, a marketing person. And it's because it's two areas that I, I can do okay on my own, but I do not understand how to hire for that. I suspect a lot of business owners struggle in that same way. It, it is one of the biggest challenges within the a sales sales team or a sales organization. Um, what we find is that they hire salespeople the same way that they hire anyone else in the organization. They go about it in the same manner. They write the same type of ads. And we don't do recruitment, but we actually teach them a different way that is repeatable, documented, and then they can go do that. But it's designed to attract the person will do the things that they need them to do every day, every week, every month, and to discern whether that person really is capable. We don't go, we're not trying to go fast. We're trying to get it right. Because as you as you know, hiring somebody and then having to let them go is expensive, but it's also really challenging for both parties if when it doesn't work out. Um, it's emotional toll, it's a financial toll. Um, just so but salespeople are we're different breed and they need to be treated a little differently during the hire, hiring process. And it is a challenge, I think, nine times out of 10. All right. Well, thanks for taking a couple minutes with me today, Walter. I I really appreciate it. And um, we'll put in a link for your podcast so people can check it out. You've got a lot of great information out there, not just about sales, but um, really a a pretty wide-ranging, you know, groups of things, some long, some short, and I love that you broke them into short, you know, two and three minute things on your YouTube channel. So you can, you know, get those quick hits out of the, out of the podcast too. Yeah, I try to make it consumable in smaller bites. And I appreciate you sharing the, the go-giver um, 
story. I'm going to go look for that and I, I do a lot of reading, so that will help me um, put it in my queue. So All righty. Thanks, right. Walter. Thanks. The other thing, the thing I saw this week was something called the bell curve of security. And um, you and I were talking and I said, you know, I've never actually thought of it as a bell curve. And this bell curve has like different pillars of security, anti-malware, least privilege, MFA, keeping everything up to date, securing your data. And said, if you do that, you'll be 98% of the way to secure, right? So think of your typical bell curve, right? And it, if you are if you are not in the big hump, but you're way out here at the edge amongst people that are the most secure, your likelihood of actually having something bad happen is very, very small. And I said, yeah, I saw this bell curve and it just hit me. And uh, I know you laugh when I say this, but if you think of an apple tree, like you don't pick it from the top down because it's hard to get to the top, you pick it from the bottom then that's where you want to be with your IT security. You don't want to be the low hanging fruit. Um, but these, yeah, this is, uh, I, I think anymore today, it's table stakes, you know, these, these five things, basically. Um, if you have the five things, you are about 98% protected-ish MFA. Um, I mean, even if you do that one thing, you are like 90% better than anybody else. Um, yeah. you know, there's no silver bullet, but these five things, you know, making sure you're patching, making sure you have a way to recover the data, MFA, least privilege, thinking about things from that perspective, um, and just advanced endpoint protection. Um, you have covered a lot of bases. You know, what I, what I see happening is that, uh, you have a tool that does a whole bunch of different things. And they tend to live in one of them and then go to this other tool for the one thing, even though the other tool also has that whole breadth of stuff, right? Um, that's a very expensive way to go about it. And because it's disconnected, you're right, is it, is it really worth it? I would look at it because as we just discussed, if you do those five pillars, you're now looking at 2% more secure is what's left, right? So if this tool, all the tools do all the things, this one does that thing a slightly better. We're talking about probably a fraction of a percent of your total security right. uh, you know, tasks that you have to do. Is it worth it? And double digit increase in your expense and administrative overhead. And side note, having a, a process and a protocol for um, all those API integrations, um, you know, when's the last time you looked at that username and password? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, um, and, and making sure that those core tools are secure, you know? Yeah. Because um, even if you have them there, if you haven't implemented them correctly, it's not going to matter. Question of the week. Hybrid work, right? So I saw this in a community. When you have hybrid remote workers, who's responsible for the home network connectivity? Right. So if I'm supporting somebody 
who works for one of my clients in the MSP, is their home network my problem? And I think this is a change in policy that MSPs are gonna have to grapple with, right? Because I believe it is your problem now, right? Just as you would secure the network for where that person was working when they were in the office, you have to be concerned about the security of what they're doing when they're not in the office. And you have to be aware when they're not in the office. I'll tell on myself a little bit, one of my staff decided to deploy updates to, to a client that he was working with because he noticed that um, one of the things that they do whenever they have a ticket with someone and they're remote into their computer to help them with whatever it is, they take a quick look and see like, is this machine up to date, right? It's just reinforcing, right? Sure. Yeah, the tools will tell us, right? Hey, this computer is running this version and it's a version behind or whatever. It doesn't have its latest iteration of updates. But since you're on the computer anyway, look, right? I'm a big fan of using your eyes. So he does and he goes, oh, there's an update waiting to be installed. I'm just gonna hit that install. Before, before I disconnect and tell her, you know, hey, this update's gonna install. So he does that without realizing where that person is. That person is in the airport lounge waiting to get on a plane. Oh, wow, yeah. She doesn't have enough time to install that update before she gets on the plane. Now she's got an unusable laptop for her flight and she's not happy. <laughs> Right. Situational awareness when yours when people are mobile and remote and they're increasingly mobile and remote, even though you know they may be going back and forth to the office now instead of working from home all the time. There's just there's people just are moving around and there's a lot of talk about, you know, supporting multiple devices, right? Instead of support the user instead of the device count. Right. Well now mm -hmm. The reason they have more devices is because they're moving around. Right, right. I, and to me, uh, to me, that seems kind of logical, but, uh, you know, to know where your user's at and, you know, do you apply a patch in the middle of the day? Probably not just in general, regardless of where they're at, but um, it's pretty interesting. Uh, I I think that, I mean, historically, this community in particular has been very much, we don't do home users. Pandemic changed that, period. Like, it's, I don't know that there's even a way to argue against it. Um, yeah. It's more yeah. opportunity, really. Like, mic drop it, moment. Guess what? Here's a, here's other environments you have to support now. When we just didn't think right. about it, right? Laptops have been coming in to businesses now for a number of years, the switch from desktop to laptop has been happening. And the reason people wanted that laptop is because they wanted that, that mobility, even pre-pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I just think we haven't modernized our policies as an industry of how we support people that are moving around. Well, and I think it, it can get expensive. I don't know. I just see it as a, a big opportunity just to expand the service set, mm -hmm. um, you know. Well, we have to educate the business owners too on the fact that, hey, that just because this person walked out of your office doesn't mean that suddenly we don't need to be concerned about the security of where they're working 
what kind of device they're working from and all that all that stuff right and it's not an out of sight out of mind deal does that um i mean i'm just thinking more bigger picture i mean you could secure the network um you also could deliver um you know managed vpns um managed desktops in the in the sense of a virtual desktop um neither one have been um primary services if you will at least in the smb space you know your your enterprise or your mid-market focused um and co-managed msps uh, tend to do those types of services um but i don't see a lot of it in the in the s of the smb are you do you see something different no oh, i don't i don't i i feel like i feel like it's something that's just being ignored I don't think a VPN is the solution necessarily. Um, it, you know, uh, we're 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 deploying a lot of compliance policies now, and by compliance, I don't mean like HIPAA or any kind of regulation. I mean like, does this device meet our criteria for accessing the data, right? Mm -hmm. Even even though it's coming through a browser and may not be installed locally on that machine. Uh, a lot of bad stuff can transmit through a browser. Right. And so, right, does does this device have any kind of anti-malware on it? Is the Windows firewall running? It, you know, what is it? Is it a Windows 7 device? Like what what is this right. thing? Right. Yeah, sorry, if it's Windows 7, you're not getting on or you're not getting access to anything. And that's right? uh, that's the old network access control, NAC. I mean, then that used to be upper mid-market enterprise tools priced that way. Um, you Today, know. it's just part of the standard thing, but it's mm -hmm. kind of ignored by a lot of folks. Mm -hmm. so, so there's an opportunity to do it. It's not hard to do it. It's just you should sit down and take a look at your policies of how, how, you're, managing, how you're managing this stuff. Well, before we started, you and I had another conversation about remote work and how it impacts you as an employee and even as a business owner, whether you're allowing remote work and how we're seeing that shift and what's ultimately gonna come of it. You know, I think we're starting yeah. to see a pretty good picture now. Yeah, I do too, I do too. I mean, I um, whether you're reading a Gartner article or looking at Google or looking at your standard small business, I think the hybrid model probably here to stay um, unless you're in something that requires you to be on site, manufacturing, healthcare, whatever, um, retail. Um, I, I know I'm seeing some trends where um, the leadership, the managers, the C-suite are in the office more often, if not full-time, um, and then doing a hybrid model with the rest of the teams to allow for collaboration. Also seeing space change, you know, the way space is used inside the office, um, more collaboration spaces as opposed to individual offices and stuff like that. But yeah, what we originally talked about was uh, kind of the relationships. It's really what it boils down to. Um, how do you advance your career 
you know, if if you're remote and nobody interacts with you live, um, is it detrimental um, or not? And I think it, in my experience, I, I've had companies that are great at remote management and advancement, um, career management, all that kind of thing. And I've worked at other companies that are utterly miserable. They have no idea how to manage that. Um, so I, to me, it seems very much like a leadership skill, frankly, on how to develop that within the organization. Oh man, if the pandemic proved any single thing, it's that there's a gigantic problem with middle management. There is a distinct skill set in managing people remotely. Um, and if you've never developed that or had the opportunity to develop it or had it mentored, um, you're struggling. Right now, you're struggling. Right. So are your teams. All right. Well, this was a good show. I enjoyed talking to you today. And uh, it's always a, a privilege to, to speak with you. Yeah. No, me too. I appreciate it. Long time colleague, friendship. You know, it's fun to do this kind of thing. So thanks for the time. Thank you for tuning into the SMB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.